Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for a special illumination that your word might become flesh in our lives today. Many of us in the throes of temptations, and they are forces waging war against us that literally desire to wreck our lives. Use this moment in this place today that we might have an encounter with you that would change everything. Remove the thoughts and distractions. Hide me behind you. Let your word be spoken and let our hearts be opened wide to receive your word today. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen Amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise God. If you're here for the first time, welcome. If you haven't been here for a while, we missed you. I'm glad you're back. Obviously, you know all the activity that's going on out there right now at the moment. Um, there are people who are running a race. Some will finish late today because they wait for the last one to cross the finish line. If you're around me long enough, you will hear me say some things that um, I pray you pay attention to. I always say the word will wreck you before it fixes you. I also say that this Bible won't change you. You see, clothes like this and tucked neatly under your arms or at the back seat of your car or some of you on your trunk or on your shelf. The Bible changes us when we hear it, believe it, receive it, and then apply it to our lives. That's when transformation takes place. Outside of that, it's just pages with black print, some red print. But until the word of God gets inside you, it can't do anything for you. So it's important that you inundate yourself with hearing God's word, that you receive it, that you believe it to be God's word, and that you begin to apply it in your lives so that you can see some change. I know for a fact that in my life, I've applied a little bit at a time. Sometimes you get some people who want to eat the whole cake and then wind up throwing it up down the road. That that's not what I want. I also find myself that because I'm up here and I preach the word of God that some people say, well, pastor, you don't know about temptation because you're a pastor and you preach. I beg to differ. The level of temptation that I have to deal with is different than the level of temptations you have to deal with. But the reality is that when I signed up to preach the word of God, to deliver the message of deliverance and salvation, to lift up the name of Jesus, I became a marked man. The bullseye on my back became bigger. But make no mistake, you who are sitting in your seat, you're a marked man. You're a marked woman. The fact that you're in church today, you're marked. The enemy knows. And I don't know what temptations are coming your way, but know this. This is real simple. If you're not having a head-on collision with the devil, then you're probably traveling in the same direction. So it's important. You got to write that down. That's for free. That's for free. That's for free. So it's important for us to understand that as believers, 
we're going to come up against these things. We're going to come up against Dunkin' Donuts when we're on a diet. We're going to come up against that. But, but we also have to understand that he has given us the power in his word and through his son to be able to say no to some things. But it's not no externally. It has to be a no inside of you. So the word, when it gets inside you, it begins to do something inside you that's uncomfortable. Listen, the will of God and being obedient is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. A lot of people don't want to be obedient. A lot of people want to uh, uh, continue to show up and still live the way they want to live. Um, how is it that they say it? Um, clean, but what? Yeah, yeah, you guys know it. You guys know it pretty good. I got you on the mic, though. I want you to realize that they just picked up your voice. So we know it's you talking, amen? So just be aware of what you're committing to. And I say that because the other day I, I went through this temptation and I shared it with the men and I shared because I feel comfortable in this room. Um, and being transparent, authentic, I hope that it helps you guys the way it helped a bunch of men the other day when I shared it. I was getting ready to leave for work like I do every morning. And uh, some guy decided to double park to um, get his coffee. And uh, he was blocking traffic. And I was stuck behind a car because I had to come out. And, you know, he swings his door open and screams at the lady that, that, that was honking the horn. And she said, well, you got to wait. That was his attitude. So, of course, I get out my car and I said, listen, people got to go to work. You know, um, can you, you know, move your car? And uh, here's what he said. He said, you should get up early. He didn't say it that way. He said it with an attitude. Now, I'm talking about temptation so that you know that your pastor gets tempted too. Here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to fix him. I, I wanted to see blood. I wanted to throw him under the car. I wanted to beat him bad. Right? Get up early. And uh, it was funny how it happened because as we continue to read the scriptures he kept talking but he kept walking around the car as if he was trying to entice me into a confrontation so he comes and he's walking he says you should get up early and then I'm like okay and then I took a step because you know you got to cross the street to, to hit him if I want to hit him um, just play with me here, okay? All right? I feel comfortable in this room. All right? I don't want you to go hit nobody. Just, just understand. And I took a step, and then he came from behind the car. After going behind the car, and he goes, and I'm not scared of you. I'm like, <clears throat> like, I really, really, like the, the hair on the back of my neck, and I got no hair on the back of my neck, stood up. And, uh, when we lack maturity, God provides us with external controls. And, and I always take my spiritual daughter to work with me and, and um, you know, uh, James's wife, for those who don't know, and she came around the car and she was like, Pastor, you ain't got to do this. And I was like, boom, okay, you know, God, right? You know, and then my daughter was coming down because she took my son to the doctor. And she came and um, she was looking at me. And my kids had never seen me, you know, out there. Okay, and then um, 
my wonderful, beautiful wife uh, used her voice. She projects to sing and said, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, she, was like, she was like, get in the car, get in the car. I got in the car. Anyway, the guy moved the car, and, you know, he moved the car and everything. But I was wrecked for at least an hour in the beginning of my day. I, w- I was like holding on to the steering wheel. And what God does with me on a regular basis, I put on the radio. I tell my spiritual daughter, go upstairs. We work in the same place. I said, go upstairs. I stayed in the car a little long. I was late to work. But I stayed in the car. I put the radio on, and guess what comes on? The word of God. And he slaps me in the face. He tells me, how dare you? Not in those words, but the message was built that way. So I had to go upstairs and apologize to her, you know, and, you know, just, you know, I'm sorry. And she was like, Pastor, I understand. I love you, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, that's what we do in forgiveness. But I got home that day. And uh, I kept thinking, I'm going to get up early tomorrow. I'm going to find him. Take him under the BQE. You know, and just, I I kept, it was just just running around my head. And, of course, um, I tell my wife this. And... She tells me, no, you're going to go find them and apologize. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm going to go talk to him. I said, no, no, you're going to find them and apologize. I have been every morning getting up to find them to ask them for forgiveness. The devil will use one person, one circumstance, one situation, to get you to act in an ungodly way. I'll say it again. He'll use one person, one circumstance, one situation to get you to act in an ungodly way. To water down your faith. To trip you up. The, 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 anybody likes football in here? I know, I know, Pedro. Everybody likes football in here, right? You like football too? Praise God. We got one lady in the room. One lady in the room likes football. Woo. Football coaches, before it was simple. You throw yourself out there, everybody plays, everybody have fun, right? Now, they spend weeks and months watching and developing playbooks on their opponent, watching their tendencies. What makes them tick where they run, you know, how many times they run this way and that way, how many times they throw this way and throw that way. Listen to me. The devil has a playbook on you. The devil has a playbook on you. He knows what it is that he's going to get you. You know what it revealed to me? My incident revealed to me that there's still something in me I got to deal with. And that's what I spent the whole time. Of course, I was studying for this. I was preparing. I was reading about temptation. So, of course, what comes my way? Temptation. You want patience? Where's God going to put you in? Around impatient people. Okay? Uh, You know, anything that God's going to work and draw out of you, he's going to put you in a situation. Now, the temptation doesn't come from God. It comes from the enemy to lure you away, to water down your faith so that he can say, ha, 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 you're a Christian. 
Isn't that what they say every time you mess up? Isn't what they say, and you're supposed to be a Christian? Right? They, they always throw that at you. I was grateful that day, not because I am this holy, you know, wings, halo floating around. If it were not because God intervened and allowed the situation to turn the way it is, I would have been all over this guy. I, you know, bing, 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 my cat, I love you. I even negotiated with God. I said, God, let me take off my Christian outfit for a little while. Let me take it off and I'll put it back on later, you know. You can't do that. We can't do that. Our faith is such that we have to live it out. Amen? Let's go straight into the text. I want to read something to you. That's really, really, really. It says in the, in the scriptures that we just started out with. It says, let no one say when he is tempted. Now listen to that. When he is tempted, not if he is tempted. In other words, temptation is always going to come your way. And like I said before, if you're not being tempted, all right, if you're not having head-on collisions with the enemy, then you're traveling in the same direction. It's time to hit the brakes and go in a different direction. If you're telling me, oh, everything's well and dandy, man, I'm doing good, I'm feeling good, everything's fine, <laughs> I think you better check on who you're co-piloting with. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're not opposed, the enemy opposes. Look, in, 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 in this text, it says, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. I spoke to someone the other day, and he says, why is Jesus doing this to me? I said, Jesus didn't do this to you, Bobby, you did it to yourself. You stepped out of character, you went left when you should have gone right, and that's what it is. Every time that you're tempted, you find yourself at a fork in the road, and you have to decide. This little scene, she could have dunked the donuts. I'm sorry, I just used a pun of words. But you could have dunked the donuts. You could have gotten rid of them. You're on a diet. Get rid of the donuts. Say no to them, right? Because then what happens here, when you get the bad news... It's a direct result of you giving in to your temptation. We're going to see that the word of God says that. It says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. The father of lies is Satan. The accuser of the brethren is Satan. He's the one. The father of lies and deceiver is Satan. Temptation does not come. In fact, in Genesis the Genesis story, it says the serpent was crafty and it deceived. Are you listening to that? Now somebody's waiting for me to say it said deceived Eve so you can blame the woman, right? No, I'm not doing that. Truth of the matter is you were there. There was something inside you that wanted to taste the fruit as well. There's something inside of us that don't believe God sometimes. And that's what he says in the next verse that he goes on. But in that particular scene, there's something inside us that draws us. He says, verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Something inside you that you got to bring out and give to the Lord on a regular basis. That you ask God to purge you, to cleanse you, to remove those feelings and those thoughts and those attitudes. Listen, some of us are, are, are flirting with relationships we shouldn't be involved in. 
Some of us who are in business, you know, we're, we're messing around with some stuff that we shouldn't be messing around with. You know? Some of us are still out there having sex outside of marriage. God is not in it. God is not in your lies. God is not in your fornication. God is not in your stealing. God is not in your using. God is not in none of that. It's the devil that would like nothing more than to, de- to, to deceive you and destroy you. Listen to me. Listen to me. The enemy is real. And like I said earlier, he has a playbook on you. Isn't it time for you to read the playbook on him? Isn't it you for you, you know, for you to begin to read the playbook on him so that you know when the enemy strikes? Oh, that's how he's coming. You know why? Because there are three ways that historically he continues. He's not creative. He's just consistent. He comes at you the same way. Everybody knows they are. It's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He did it to Jesus, didn't he? After 40 days of fasting, he knew that human Christ would be weak. And what he wanted him to do was to denounce his relationship with his father. But Jesus used what we should use. It is written. He said, devil, you're a liar. Okay, I got a playbook on you. It says you're crafty, you're deceptive, you're a liar, you're a thief, you come to kill and to destroy. God is not in this. God is not in it. And it's important for us to understand that because what begins to happen in our lives is that, like I said, one person, one situation, one circumstance gets us to act in an ungodly way. Anybody remember when Peter came to the Lord? Peter was this rough rider, right? Guy carried a blade, you know, he wanted to fight all the time, always talked out of place. Listen to this. The scripture in Luke 22, verse 31, says this. There was a moment in which Peter was hanging out with the Lord. And the Lord said this to him. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. (laughs) You know what he was talking to him about? It's found in Matthew 26, 69, and 75, because when they crucified the Lord, he was telling Peter, every time the Lord said, I got to do this, I got to die, I got to go here, I got to, you know, you know, every time he told Peter's story, Peter said, no, not on my watch. I got your back, Bobby. You, you don't have to worry about him. They come for you, I'm cutting somebody's ear off. Don't worry about it. You ain't got to go to the cross. Who's behind that? Satan, right? To deny what God had to do through his son to deliver us and allow us an opportunity to be able to say no when situations come. Not because the donuts don't smell good or look good. It's because everything that looks good is not good for us. And we know what happens. He told Peter, he said, Peter, man, you're going to deny me three times. 
before the rooster crows. Nah, not me, man. I'm not doing that. I'm sticking with you, Lord. How many of us say that? How many of us say that, Lord, I'm, I'm going to stick with you. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. And then the storms come. And then I get slapped in the face. And then somebody tells me, get up early. You know, you should get up early because you got to get to work. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, and I'm not scared of you, man. Come on, hit me, hit me. You know, kind of stuff. Kind of goat you into a situation. And, 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 and again, this flesh wanted to engage. The Bible says that the spirit is willing to lead you to a place where you can talk about this abundant life and gain the victory in the situations that life presents itself. The enemy wants nothing more. He's always lurking. He wants nothing more than to disintegrate your integrity and and attack your family. He wants nothing more than to ruin your recovery. Nothing more. Can you hear me today? Nothing more than to ruin your lives. So when you're tempted, don't say that God is tempting. Don't say, oh, why God is letting me go through this. Listen, if it's a test of your faith, go through it joyfully and say, God, I'm going to rely on you. God, I'm going to trust you. God, you got me here. You're going to see me through it. You're going to make sure that I get through this situation. I'm going to ride. I'm going to wait. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to turn the other cheek. I'm going to clench my fist. I'm going to hide in my car. I'm going to listen to my wife who says, you need to go say I'm sorry. I don't want to say I'm sorry. I don't want to say I'm sorry. I don't want to ask for forgiveness. I don't want to turn the other cheek. This flesh doesn't. This flesh doesn't want to do anything to glorify God. That's why you have to put it to death on a regular basis, day in and day out. How do you put it to death? On your knees and on your face. In God's word, applying it to your life regularly. This flesh doesn't want to do anything to honor God. It's tough enough to get you to stand up. I said, everybody stand up. It took 20 seconds to stand up in the house of God. I said, let's praise the Lord. It takes you another 30 seconds. And you're like a car. You got to get warmed up. I got to get warmed up before I get into praise mood. Man, you should wake up every morning praising God. Any, any day above ground, any day that you're not an institution, any day that you're not locked up, come on, somebody say amen. amen. You should be rejoicing. You say, well, I don't have too much. You heard the pastor say last week, we're blessed. You had choices this morning. How to get here, right? What to wear, what to eat, right? We have choices. There are some people who have no choices whatsoever. No choices whatsoever. We are blessed. We are blessed. But that's not for us to walk around. I'm blessed and highly favored. (laughs) That means that you must be cursed. Shame on us, right? Temptation, God is not in it. Amen? Remember that as you continue to walk through. Then it says here in verse 15, then when we desire, when desire has conceived. In other words, look at the progression. Temptation comes. God is not in it. Okay, can we say that? God is not in it. Okay, he's not in it, right? Temptation comes. Now, I have an option here, don't I? 
I can chuck the donuts, and right, and put on a little Zumba fitness thing and do some Zumba, you know, right? Or I can continue to maneuver it and smell it. Listen to me. This is just donuts I'm talking about. Some of you are out there. Some of you are dipping into some areas that sooner or later, what the scripture says here, when your desire conceives, it gives birth to sin. And listen to me. The wages of sin is what? Say that again. The wages of sin is what? Death. You're dying. You're dying. You're dying spiritually. There's a disconnection. And Satan is in the stands going rah, rah, rah. I got another one, got another one, got another one. Laughing at you. Playing with you. You've heard it says, stop letting the devil give you Bible studies. Stop catching attitudes with people around you. The reason God got you in that situation is because there's something about your conduct and your character. He's trying to make an adjustment. So count it all joy when you're tested. But when temptations come, no, God is not in it. God is not in that. God doesn't tempt you. God doesn't want you to fall. Okay? He doesn't want that none should perish. On the contrary, he wants us that we should know Jesus and the power that's in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our Lord is alive and well. And what I love about the scriptures as you read them more and more is that he intercedes on our behalf. So when the enemy comes around with this, this case against you, uh, he says, no, I died so he can live. My blood washes him clean of all sins, past, present, and future. But here's what I got to tell you. The enemy is crafty. Enemy is crafty. We all know that one hit is not enough, right? Why not? Why is it not enough? Right? It's because the enemy wants to habituate you. That is what he wants to do. He wants it to become a habit and then an addiction. And then as you continue to go, man, there's this obsession. This is all you live for now. Whether it's the lie, the game, the money, the the girls, the guys, whatever it is, it becomes an obsession to mask the internal conflict in you. Woo! You better write this down. (laughs) Something going on inside you that ain't right. And you got to be able to come clean See, the enemy knows. He's got a playbook on you, and he knows what's inside you. And he draws it out through temptation. And some of you sit here and you say, man, one donut's not going to kill me. But when you go to the doctor's office and he talks about your cholesterol and your clogged arteries, then you realize that it wasn't that one donut but the 500 you had before that one. Come on now. Can I tell you the truth? I mean, I want to. 
I want to be able to tell you the truth all the time because the reality is if, if, if preachers don't tell you the truth and try to sugarcoat things, and what begins to happen is we live this dead faith. And I don't think God has called us to do that. Our spiritual enemy is subtle, invisible, active, evil, and opposes that which God has deemed beautiful, and you are beautiful. Each one of you in this room has a particular thumbprint that he's placed upon you. You have gifts, talents, and abilities. You know the most talented place in the world? You know where that is? It's a cemetery where a lot of people have died never using their talents and gifts for the glory of God because they believe the lie of the enemy. The enemy acts nothing more than assault you, surprise you, lurch at you from behind the covers, destroy your family. And some of us are in situations where we can't even, we can't even see our kids you know, until weekends. And that's if they let us back in their lives because we've been a poor, poor representation of what Christ is. We profess to say God, 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 and then live in a contrary way. It makes it hard for those who are watching us to be able to say, I don't want, I don't want your God. And this is what it's about. I don't want your God. See, there's nothing wrong with God. There's something wrong with the church. And we are the church. Every individual here sitting in their seats, because what we begin to do is we begin to give in to these moments. We claim that we're supposed to be happy, and I'm trying to find it I'm still trying to find it here. It doesn't say anything about me being happy. It doesn't. It says that through obedience, I am blessed. And that's what I want to work towards. Obedience so that I can be blessed. I want to be able to honor God with my life. And it's in Christ that I can do it. Listen, outside of Christ, I cannot do anything. Anything. Listen to me. I'll say that again. If you're operating outside of Christ, if you're not abiding in Christ, it's a wonder why you are where you are at this current moment in your life. And I know that's like if you're here for the first time and you're hearing that and it says, man, I didn't know I was going to walk into this. Well, there's a cross, a big white cross outside. It's a church. We're going to talk about Jesus. And I believe in my 22 years and 29 years before that, do the math, that there's nothing new under the sun. Bible says everything is vanity. Whatever it is, it's vanity. It's vanity. It's vanity. It's vanity, 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 vanity. Why do you think they have so many mirrors in gyms? Everybody know? Why do they have walls plastered with mirrors? Yet, I go to the gym. I don't go anywhere anymore, as you can see. And, um, like, you don't know how to do a curl? So you curl and look at your muscle. And you're like, mm. right? And then after you do a little bench press, you get before and you go boom, 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 boom. Right? Don't laugh, ladies, because let me tell you something. You have revolutionized spandex. You have revolutionized it. All right? You have created a market for spandex, and all it is is some rubber bands being stretched. Right? It, it, it's, it's, there's something about being healthy and there's something about extreme and allowing it to become an obsession. I had a, a situation with a young lady who just didn't like herself too much. 
and began to cut herself. And we say, hmm, but we started using drugs somewhere along the line, didn't we? We started to drink somewhere along the line, didn't we? Because listen, the fact that you're being tempted means that there's value inside you. Listen to that. The fact that you're being tempted, because I don't want you feeling, oh man, I'm struggling, he's hitting me with temptation, all this stuff. No, no, listen. The fact that you're being tempted is because there's value in you. If there was no value in you, why would the enemy bother you? You're doing what he wants you to do, right? He's going to leave you alone. Because, you, like I said, he just threw a donut your way. That's it. That's all he did. Here's a donut. Go eat. Right? And some people, it's harder and harder to be able to, to, to ask God to change us on the inside so that we can overcome the temptations on the outside so that we can raise our hands and say that we're victorious in Christ Jesus. I can't raise my hands unless I understand that I've already won because of Jesus Christ. I already have the victory because of Jesus Christ. All I have to do is hear what the pastor is saying, what the word of God is saying, what the preacher on the radio is saying, whatever it is. This is my Bible. I say what it says. Whatever it is, do it. Do it. Do it. I love Joe. I love Joe. I love Joe. I just would like him to scream at people one day. That's all. Just tell him, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. If you don't walk with God, you're going to hell. And hell wasn't created for you. It wasn't created for you. It was created for fallen angels who disobeyed. We go there by choice because we don't want to believe this. Listen, I've walked this earth a little bit. Tried everything. I was having a conversation with my son the other day. He was saying, oh, I try everything once. I said, Bobby, that's not a good way to live. <laughs> you try everything once. You try crack one time, it may be your last time. You try heroin one time, it may be your last time. You, you go out there and sleep without a condom, it may be the last time you're going to engage in that stuff. So that's not a good way to live. You, you have to live the way Christ says to live. I want to talk to some of you young ladies here. God is not in it. God is not in it. When you begin to come into your own and your sexuality and, and you start realizing how beautiful you are. Listen, if you're with someone and they unstrap your bra, God is not in that. If it starts getting hot and heavy, God is not in that. God is not in that. That is straight from the pit of hell. To destroy the value that God has put in you. And it's important for everyone here to hear me today. Because all of us here are listening to the same message. But because of your circumstance and your situation and your propensity to obey or to listen, you're going to walk out in the same way you walked in. No power to be able to overcome those moments. Now, if it wasn't because God loves me so much that he said, no, no, what are you doing? I would have probably stepped across the street and then feel miserable, miserable all day. For I was like, all day, I was like, God, what am 
man, I love you, man. I preach your word. I, you know, I pray. I do this. I do that. I'm a good father. I was negotiating with God. I'm doing the right thing, God. I'm doing the right thing. Why? 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 Small, still voice. You still got some anger issues, puppy. And I, no, no, no. I took care of that already, God. I forgave a ton of people. You still got some anger issues. So what I have to do, you guys who know, I have to go through my fourth step and check it out. <laughs> I have to do this little inventory. Okay, wait a minute. Did I forgive this? Oh, man, bendito, there it is. There it is. You know what happened that morning? I rushed out the house. I didn't commit my day to the Lord. I didn't say a simple prayer. My God, keep me. Look what it says in Matthew. This is the Lord's Prayer, right? I'm just going to read something in Matthew really quick. It's so small that I can't see it. So hold on a minute, okay? Matthew 6.13 says, And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. In other words, God is not in it. God is not in temptation. Let's say that again. God isn't in it. He's not in it. Honestly, when you're tempted next time, no, that's not of God. That's not of God. Now, if you're doing everything right, know that it's a test and go through it with joy. It's a test about that. My conduct and my character. What is he trying to do? What is his ultimate goal? To transform me into the image of his son. So that this world that comes in contact with me will say there's something different about you. And that's a door that opens up for you to say, you know what it is? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. I look around this room, and there's a lot of clean time in this room. A lot of clean time in this room. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to not only live clean, but live powerfully. That you would puff out your chest in the name of Jesus Christ and say not only no to drugs, but no to those things that will attack your conduct and your character. Man, that, 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 that's it. I'll take that over. I, I always tell, I even tell the teams here, I say, I'll take character over talent anytime. Because if you have character and you're fat, faithful, available, and teachable, God will do something. Because each one of you has value, gift, talent, and ability inside you that all that has to happen is to give you the opportunity where you can flourish, where you can grow, where you can be what God wants you to be. Amen? Amen. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Everybody knows this. Some of us have it tattooed on our bodies, which is all good, guys. It's all good. If you need to, like, find it and read it in the middle of your temptation, go right ahead, you know? It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Listen to that again. No temptation has seized you that is not common. Oh, but you don't know what I'm going through. Uh, You don't understand. No, listen. Here's what I know. New levels, new. You guys know it. Every time you take a step towards the Lord, there's going to be opposition. Take a step away from the Lord and there'll be no opposition. 
take a step towards God, and the enemy is going to come up against you. It's going to come up against you. And listen to me. This is where your maturity and your obedience comes in. Because listen to me. I love Claudio tremendously. I don't have a problem with Claudio. He doesn't have a problem with me. But the enemy will come in between us to drive a wedge because together we're going to conquer more than we're going to do alone. And he'll come and he'll chirp in his ear and he'll chirp in my ear. And because of stuff that's still inside me or still inside him, now he'll be looking at me funny. And I'll be looking at him funny. And I won't call him or I won't talk to him or I'll avoid him. That's not what we want here. That's not what we want for you. That's not what we want for your families. Some of you are the only ones coming to church. Why are you coming to church? It's so that you can save your family and your friends. Just don't come here and and get what you want, and then all of a sudden you become a scholar of the Bible. Man should not live by bread alone. Right? John 3.16. You know, for God so loved the world. I don't know. I don't think he loves you. I don't think he loves you too much. That's a scary place when we feel that we're better than others. Man, I I love my father all the time because he always used to remind me about being humble, being humble, being humble. And sometimes it was with cotazos. Those things are, man, you see, I got a you know, bunch of thumbs. You know, all the time you remind me, all the time remind me, remind me, remind me. Taught me some things and, and taught me some things I don't want to repeat, but taught me some things about just, just walking in a way that your character and the integrity. My heavenly father has taught me so much more, so much more. Because he says the, the way to walk this life is in obedience and in humility and in loving and in loving people and embracing that truth and, and, and getting past. Listen, there's just so much junk out there. There, there really is. Uh, you know, we, I don't have a problem with you. I may have a problem with your lifestyle, but I don't have a problem with you. I love you. Just don't expect me to co-sign on your nonsense. And this is why, you know, you don't see me as often up here. (laughs) But at the same time, if you're the men, how many men in this room? Raise your hand. See, the men are not raising their hand. You're not sure? (laughs) Men, raise your hands. Thursday, 6 o'clock. I bring it raw. All right? It's it's like, you know, like triple (laughs) X. You know what I'm saying? I, I drop it. Through the word of God, I say that only for the glory of God because there are some things we need to talk about because the women in our lives are looking for us to grow up. They are. Little boy stuff, you know, put away your video games. What do you mean? I can't play my Xbox. You know? Not too many guys are laughing right now. Right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but just, you know, it's important for us to be able to grow into that thing. And the same thing with, you know, women, you know, don't you want a brother with some backbone? 
Listen, if you're coming to church, listen to me. And you have to have a discussion with whoever you're dating about tithing and about Jesus. Pay the check and leave. Pay the check that day on that day because that date is over. If you are coming to the Lord and you know enough already, right? You're sitting at a table with someone and you're on a date and they say, well, you know, uh, so tell me something about you. Oh, I go to church. Oh, yeah, you go to church? Man, I don't like them preachers always asking for money, man. You know, all that stuff. Check, please. This date is over. Right? If you got to school him on the book of Genesis, check, please. I got to go. Stop thinking that he's going to come to church afterwards. Stop trying to think that you're going to convert him. Or she's going to... Are you, are you listening to me? All right? The people leave, or oh, those seats are always empty. All right? They're always empty. All right? We're, we're, we're sticking around for this. Look what it says. No temptation that sees you except what is common to man, and God is faithful... He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You can bear it. Chuck it. Get rid of the donuts. Get rid of her. Get rid of him. Get rid of it. God is not in it. He's not in it. Be like Paul. Paul said, I'd rather you be like me, but if you must, marry. Now, if you want to get married, can you come see me? Please, because I will discourage you. Because if I can see the loser t-shirt under the shirt he's wearing, I'm going to tell you he's a loser. If she's a little too clingy, I'm going to tell you, Bobby, let her go. Because it's not going to end well. You want your marriage, your family, your relationships to glorify God. He said, Pastor, I got some crazy people. I got some crazy people in my family too. But I'm not going to let them take me there. I'm going to try to bring them here. I'm going to try to draw them to the cross. So my conversations with them are minimal to the past. Every time I run into my family, I want to talk about the past. The past is dead. I've turned away from that. I'm not that person anymore. Okay? I'm not. I've changed. I've changed because of the power of God in my life, and i come to realize that my life doesn't belong to me. Somebody say amen to that. Your your life doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the king of kings and lord of lords. Stop stop trying to live it like it's yours. Okay? Stop trying to think that you know what you got all going on. Stop thinking that it's about you and, and it really isn't. It's about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. Turn to your neighbor and say it's all about him. That's it. It's all about him. He goes on to say here, you can bear it. Then he says this. Look what it says. I love this part. When you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. Hallelujah. Are you listening to that? Thank you, Jesus. Right? He will always provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. In other words, the weight of this temptation is too much. But in Jesus, you can bear it. You can bear it. You can lift it off of you and then look for the exit. 
Because he's going to give you a way out of that. He's going to give you a way out of it. He will. Always does. I had a conversation with a young lady the other day at school, and the young lady was like, man, but I have this bad habit. I'm always spending. You know, I said, well, you know, what do you use? I always use credit cards. I said, I got an idea for you. I said, won't you freeze your credit cards? Oh, I tried that already, you know, but I know, I know the numbers by heart in my head, and, and, and they know me in the store, so, you know, I just go in there, and I said, man, that's crazy. You go in the store and just give them numbers, and they just let you do. I said, no, when I said freeze it, I said literally freeze it. Take the credit card, put it in the big Tupperware, freeze it, put it in the refrigerator and freeze it. By the time you need it and you want to throw it out, you'll change your mind. No, I can't do that. Simple suggestion. Take suggestions, everybody. Take suggestions. Alright? Take suggestions. Real simple. Stop doing that. You know, you're making meetings, make some meetings. Alright? Stop trying to work your own recovery, your own program, your own plan, your own what are you doing. Stop trying to do... Alright, I've had enough. I'm done. But listen to me. God is not in temptations. When that temptation conceives, it brings forth the sin. In other words, it brings it together. Temptation with the desire inside you does that. It comes together. And when it comes together, it conceives sin. Now you're in it. Now you're in it. What do you do when you're in here? You can continue to move in it or you can repent. Woo! That's a nice word, repent. That's a nice word, isn't it? That God gives us this way out. It's an amazing thing. And this way out, it's found in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone. Anything else you try, you're going to fall on your face. Anything else you do, you're going to fall on your face. James says that our faith produces doers. And just like the people out there who are running, there's a race to finish. Temptation will lure you away from the finish line. You wind up in some bushes, come out through the thicket, all busted up, trying to find the finish line again. But if we repent at that moment and turn away from that and turn towards the Lord, he has a way of not only restoring us, but empowering us so that we can overcome. I'm going to ask the team to come forward. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When Jesus was tempted, he showed us the way. And we have to be able to want him. Kind of like this song as the deer panther that you're going to hear and hopefully sing to. It talks about how we want to have that desire for Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Amen.